Gabe, can you believe we've made it all this way? No way! <laughs> Back to the future. Started at the bottom. Now we're still at the bottom. Now we're still at the bottom. <laughs> we're slightly above. We're like, what's one step below rock bottom? Like soft bottom? Clay. <laughs> clay. We're in just the straight up clay. We're we're in the earth. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for sticking with us. The past few episodes, we've gone back, back in time to back to last year, year or maybe two years ago, 2021 and 2022. We wanted to cover a couple things that kind of hit us in 2022 that we didn't really get to cover. We also just had a hiatus, <laughs> more or less. Like we're, these episodes are coming out pretty. I'm gonna I'm uh, gonna pretend it didn't happen. Okay. I'm just gonna pretend it didn't happen. Okay. But so we did decision to leave podcast, and then we just did we talked about broker, and then we just did memoria. We talked about Memoria. Vortex. Memoria. I just want to touch on a couple others that we won't be covering on this podcast because we don't have time and I don't want to edit it. And Gabe doesn't want to edit it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Could do. Take so long. <laughs> we didn't get to watch Vesper, which was like an indie kind of sci-fi thing that looked kind of cool. We didn't get to watch RRR, which was an oscar winner i keep it hearing took, took best song original song yeah people say you still gotta watch it yeah everyone i know is like it's great and it's amazing like, life changing. it's truly amazing yeah so the west will never be the same i wanted to watch weird which was the weird al yankovic oh daniel radcliffe film that was on freaking whatever random ass channel streaming channel service was it like roku or something um <laughs> I did watch Cha Cha Real Smooth, which I actually would recommend a lot. It ended up on Apple TV Plus, and it's a really, really good little picture coming of age story by like a writer, director, auteur, young, probably twenty something guy who wrote, direct, and starred in it. And it's it's a good movie. And now we're gonna mention a, a thing. It's not really a movie. <laughs> I ha- I haven't watched it, but Gabe has, and it's it's, a thing. it's right up our. Our cult, our culty little hearts. Yeah, uh, it's called Interface, and I, I did watch the first episode of it because oh, you did? it's technically like they're really short, episodes. an amalgamation of multiple episodes. Yeah, but it's an online YouTube guy doing some surrealist, minimalist, obscure art, mm-hmm. and the art turns into a story. It's an animation, but it's hand drawn animation with sound effects and well it i think it compiles 3d and 2d elements yeah but it's still it's still a hand made dig, it's still digital yeah yeah not all hand drawn you know what i mean yeah it's you know you know what I, yeah the youtuber justin tomchuk who goes by the handle umami uh or the sound you love umami i love umami you took me there it's one day. of my favorite parts of the tongue is <laughs> <laughs> those umami sensors um, but yeah, an incredible YouTube webisodic series. I would highly recommend for anyone who's into surrealist animation, but also just really cool storytelling and world building in a fantastical, magical, realist, sci-fi kind of aesthetic. So yeah, it, it's condensed into like a one or two or three hour compilation now. And so you can go watch the whole thing. I think he finished it a year or two ago. You know, if you're a fan of weird stuff like David Lynch or something like that, but also absurdist. And, and it does tell kind of a story, right? It does. Yeah, there there is a narrative and it's not like Memoria where it's very uh, difficult to parse out. It's pretty actually like, you know, easy to, to digest. It's just the presentation of it is very bizarre. Yeah. But I loved it. And the music is incredible. You can look up Hex System on um, 
Spotify for some amazing music as well. And I fully planned on on watching it. I just it's been crazy. My life's crazy. Yeah. Uh, nice thing about having something on YouTube though is you could just pop it open, watch a little bit, you know, go about your day, come back. Yeah, apparently I'm an idiot. So okay, so <laughs> moving on. Um, it just matters a lot. We're, we're talking about a thing today. We're talking about a movie that's super out of the norm. Another film that we just wanted to talk about because it's purely from the mind of a single person, yeah. an auteur. Uh, but before we talk about that, I want to talk about something that will tie into it called Light and Magic, which is a documentary on Disney Plus about the industrial light and magic, ILM, which is the VFX house that basically created all of the Star Wars films from episode four to the beginning back in 1977 and on. And so it was amazing. Like they had footage of the people who were making it all happen back in the day and still images and footage of them working in the big warehouse out in the hot, hot heat of the summer of whenever the heck that was, 76 or something, making Star Wars and all of the miniatures of all the ships and stuff and doing all the effects. And there's so much insane there's so much insane stuff in that documentary i'd highly recommend it just amazing stories of like it's kind of a miracle they actually pulled it off because they're a bunch of young like mid-20s just people who were living there in the warehouse most of the time they were procrastinating (laughs) and not getting anything done at all to the point where they had these massive Hollywood studio producers come to check on what progress they've made and they hadn't had anything done. They're like, we're still working on it. And then anyway, they busted their, their asses off and then got all this stuff done and they finished all the the VFX shots for the film. And anyway, the rest is history, but they got to create some of the most iconic, you know, they, and there's specific people that they brought in. Like, there's one guy who's really good at miniatures, one guy who's really good at painting backgrounds, like the Death Star when, when Obi-Wan's like sneaking around, you know, doing all that stuff. That's all like backdrop that he painted. And, and so each person was brought in because they had a specific set of skills. And those skills made it so that that film worked and has stayed and stood the test of time. Yeah. And each new episode, I think the first two episodes were like specifically about episode four alone. And they, then each new episode after like went into episode five and then episode six. So it, it focused a lot on star Wars and then got into Indiana Jones and, and the rest of the stuff that ILM has done. Um, anyway, I would, I would highly recommend checking it out. But the reason that that plays into what we're talking about today is because one of the people that worked on those films for ILM at the time that was working on miniatures was named Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett. And in Light and Magic, he talks about his struggle with being bipolar and his struggle with finishing those miniatures and and getting everything done for those films and how that's played a huge part in his life. And I'm assuming he's only played a part into making this movie because it took him like 20, 30 years or something to get this done, right? 30 to 40. Uh, yeah, his whole life. He's been working on it since the 80s. He's been working on or, it. Or, I mean, that's how the story goes. Anyway, Phil Tippett, really interesting person, mainly a VFX miniatures person, has the mind for being a creative, being very focused creative, and then also being not focused because of his mental health. And uh, I don't know if you have anything else you could add to who Phil Tippett is as a person. I don't know much about Phil other than that and yeah. uh, the production of the film itself. So anyway, he wrote and directed, right? Yeah. Right. And, and so is a very loose term yeah, for okay. Mad God. And came up with the story for, and then did all the 
the stop motion animation for yeah. this movie called well, yeah. Mad God. Mad God. Mad God. Sounds like an arcade game. He and he had a team of um, people helping him with the, you know, the modulation of the figures. But yeah, this is entirely, you know, Phil Tippett's brainchild. Mad God is a movie that finally had its premiere in the last two years. I think it was 2021, 2022, and it had a limited release. I think they actually originally were touring it in a roadshow style, and it was hard to find until it came onto Shudder uh, in the last year or so. But this is a movie that, like we said, Phil Tippett has been working on for 30 to 40 years in pieces, and you could actually find pieces of it online on YouTube or different sites going back you know, to the beginning of the internet. But it wasn't completely finished, according to Phil. The beginning of the internet? Yeah. Whenever that was. Okay. You know, like, early YouTube, you could find pieces of what became Mad God, you know, yeah, yeah, back then. Yeah. But it finally was completed according to Phil Tippett's vision. Um, and, yeah, it's out now for the world to see. And it's quite extraordinary. Were certain parts of this, like, shot on film? And then other parts, as time progressed, shot on digital? I think... I think so. I feel like some of it... Because that's yeah. crazy. I don't know how it was shot in terms of like... But I do think some of those sequences were from their original recording, you know, from decades. Did, but I, did some of the scenes look... Well, the thing is like the finished product, it all has... It's made to look uniform through grain and stuff like that. It's also interesting. What I didn't know is that there are actually a couple of sequences in the film that aren't just stop motion. Or they are, but they're like live action. They're people, not just claymation figures Crazy. Um, so that was interesting but yeah Mad God is basically an hour and a half descent into madness <laughs> madness to put it godness like, to put it lightly yeah Mad Godness um, it's incredibly macabre gross disgusting at times vile in the best way it's a very classic 80s pulp way I mean all of Phil Tippett's inspirations are coming into play here but it's very gross. I mean, definitely not for the faint of heart. Certainly not for people who aren't into this style of uh, <laughs> animation, a claymation kind of thing. But yeah, it's the story of this uh, dystopic world. And again, the, it's all about world building. The narrative is very light. There's no dialogue in the film. It's all... Uh, there are uh, captions that describe what you're hearing, you know, as you might have closed captioning or stuff like that, or um, what do they call it, like assisted... Uh, for for hearing, yeah. So you, there are captions for what you're hearing. There's also like muttering or mewling, and you'll hear like a baby screaming, and it'll say, you know, baby screaming, uh, <laughs> for example. <laughs> but yeah, this this movie, the narrative is very light. You follow this guy as he descends into the earth or whatever, wherever they are, in a very dystopic, nightmarish hellscape of a world that has fallen to all manner of from the very light end like late stage industrialization kind of domination conquest of the planet so it is just it is a hellscape in that respect but it's also got like influence from eldritch deities and stuff like that um huh and there are all all manner of creatures from you know like worms and kind of like star wars aliens all the way to like demons and uh, crazy uh, robotic machinations and, and biomechanical machines. And there's no dialogue. No. No spoken word. There are uh, moments where you might hear like you know how the adults in Charlie Brown go yeah. rah, 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 rah. And there's stuff like that but there's never really a spoken word I think until maybe 
There might be something at the end, but and, but there is a protagonist. Yeah, and, more and or you, less. And you follow this character as he's like be- because this is something Phil's been working on for so long. The narrative is it, the it, the thing is structured in a way where it, like the first half of the movie there is more or less a protagonist. You're following him as he descends into the the space. Um, but then the movie kind of pivots and there's either like a flashback or a flash sideways or a cutaway to something else that's happening. And then you come back to, well, <laughs> that, prot- that, prot- that protagonist is no longer with us. He doesn't make it. But uh, you follow more or less that through line. You, that, the that, protagonist dies? Yeah. Kind, yeah. It's really, you, I could tell you what happens. We could go full spoilers if you want. Sure, spoilers. Halfway through the film, the protagonist, who spoilers. I think is called the assassin or something, he's the guy who is like the crazy mask on. He dies, and they, it's kind of in a horrific way, they extricate from him some kind of like worm baby thing. And so the rest of the film, Whoa. you're following different characters as they transport that creature into a mechanism that in the end of the film, that, that uh, creature thing this thing that is just super like annoying crying like a baby it's like like a razor it's it's uh like processed into a fine powder and it's the final sequence of the film is that fine powder is tossed into like a furnace at the core of this infernal place and it like ignites and you get this kind of like tree of lifestyle sequence where you're like moving through the cosmos and you're not sure what's happening it, it almost feels like the creation of the universe but then you're back on earth and it's like the modern architecture of the 21st century is like rising out of the ground again and so you're like okay wait did we just reset the world or what but then it like falls apart again so it's really unclear what's happening but that's the narrative thread that you follow the first half of the film the dude is moving into the bowels of the planet and then he dies, and you follow different characters as they deliver his uh, little guy inside him to the. That <laughs> sounds crazy. It is insane. If you can't tell by now, I did not get to watch Mad God. It's bonkers. It's so gross. It's graphic and visceral, and there is like fecal matter all the time. It's crazy. There's a lot of shit and getting shit on in this movie. Really? Yeah. Like you see people pooping? It's everything steven it's all the worst things like if it wasn't claymation it wouldn't be allowed to be seen <laughs> that's that's okay. a, that's okay. a great way to describe okay. it okay. <laughs> but it's incredible the spectacle of it is amazing for for someone like me who loves this kind of like eldritch yeah. dark fantasy uh it's it, it's like it's it's quite a vision because like no one's making stuff like this sure. and no one probably will make stuff like this sure yeah it's like if you took tim burton and threw him through <laughs> like you left him in the warp <laughs> for too long and you brought him out and he said now make a movie <laughs> this is what you would get <laughs> okay well so only like one person is gonna know what that means like he's he's crazy phil is insane but this is a, such a spectacle if you're into horror and weird shit, you should check out Mad God. You can find it on Shudder with a lot of incredible other content. Is there music? There is, yeah. It had a really cool score that actually balanced the film in a way that I didn't expect. It has kind of a whimsical nature to it. That, all, again, feels like it was drawing from some of the other stuff Phil Tippett had worked on in the past. 
um, where there's like little John Williams flourishes happening here and there to oh, give cool. it a lightness that honestly it helps with you when you're watching it because everything is so dour and yeah. in- intense. But and the music shitty. has this magical quality to it. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. I actually wanted to try to look it up and find it online because I wanted to listen to it again. But that's Mad God. Hopefully... Was it John Williams himself? No, no, no. no. Okay. Certainly not. I don't think John would sign up for this one. <laughs> you never know. He's Especially not when he's 90. Looking to branch out. He's looking for work. So, so. We'll, we'll play a song here, maybe. Yeah, I bet I could find something. Here's something. 